Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, welcome to church. It's so good to be here together. God's family together. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, it's good to be here with you. Turn to your other neighbour and say, it's good to be here with you as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and if you are new here, we just want to say we, we're so privileged to have you with us. Uh, we love having new people in our church. God is doing an amazing thing in our church at the moment. Uh, we've seen more healings take place in the past month than we have in the past year. Every week we're getting new testimonies of what God is doing. And so it's exciting. You're here at a good time in Jesus' name. We want to just welcome our podcast listeners. We have people from all around the world who listen to us. um, And it's a privilege to have you listening to us. Um, But I've just decided recently uh, with the news that I'm going to become a dad for the first time, which is good. Uh, I know, I know. I decided to start sharing some dad jokes. <laughs> so I start every, every, uh, every sermon with a dad joke. Visiting his grandparents, the small boy opened the big family Bible, and he was fascinated as he went through the old pages, and suddenly something fell out. He picked it up and he asked, uh, he picked it up and found that it was an old leaf that had been pressed flat between the pages. Mum, look what I found, he called out. And what have you got there, dear, Mum said. And with astonishment in his voice, the boy answered, I think it's Adam's underwear. <laughs> that was pretty bad, wasn't it? That's pretty bad. Last week's was better. Thank you. Next week, we'll see if we can get to new levels again. <laughs> I, um, I'm just really, really hungry for more of God. Um, being a pastor's kid, I've grown up in church my whole life, and pastors are shocked when I tell them that I say to you as the church how bored I get sometimes in church. It's... The most, uh, it's not the way you grow a church. It's, uh, it's actually a bit of a not seeker friendly thing to say when the pastor says, oh, I'm getting a bit bored at the moment. The reason why I say that is because if God isn't doing something here, then I don't want to be here. Yeah. I, I want to be a part of a church community where the reality of God is so real, yeah. where heaven is so real, that when people enter the room, they encounter the atmosphere of heaven in this place. Who here wants to encounter that? Because what happens then is that when God is here, boredom isn't. You know, I'm not the type of pastor that wants to just go through the motions. I do enjoy seeing our church family. I love our church family. But I actually am hungry for more of God. Who here is hungry for more of God? I can't explain to you. Something has changed in me. I am so hungry for God that nothing else matters right now in my life. I am here early on Sunday. I'm in my office worshipping God. 
I encourage you, if you're hungry, hungry people get to buffets early. Yeah. I'm hungry to encounter God because I know that when heaven invades earth, everything changes. Everything changes. And I just thank the Holy Spirit that he has anointed us as his people to bring heaven to earth. In recent weeks, we've been speaking about revival culture. Revival culture, not just being a one-off move of God, but who we are as people. You see, revival culture is a lifestyle. Revival culture is seeing things go from death to life. We've been speaking about a bunch of things recently. It's on our podcast. If you haven't been here, I encourage you to listen to it. But we started off this series talking about the secret place. The fact that God wants to move in our city and Today, prophetically, I want to declare that we are the great south coast of the Holy Spirit. And Smith Wigglesworth said that Australia will be known as the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you that I'm going to just take that for us, that we will be known as the great south coast of the Holy Spirit, a place where heaven touches earth, a place where people talk about the south coast and say, have you heard what God is doing there? Not have you heard about the meth problem or have you heard about the unemployment or have you heard about the, the generational things, but have you heard about what God is doing? Yes. And I actually sense that there is a rumbling and a roar that's rising up inside the church, inside churches, when it comes to seeing God do something so incredible that when people say, what have you done? How have you made it happen? We just say, we look to him. Yes. And our pastor told us that the key to seeing a move of God was in the secret place. To recap, the secret places are the place where only you and God know exist. The secret place is a place when you shut your bedroom door and no one else knows. It's not Instagrammable. It's not coffee in the word. Photo. It's the place that God sees you when no one else sees you. And the power of seeing God move on the south coast and beyond is to be a people who are militant about seeking him in the secret place. And you know what? There's, there's blessings and provision and breakthrough that you can only ever receive in the secret place. There's blessings that we can get corporately together, but there's some things that God will only reserve for you when you seek him in that secret place. The secret place of worship, the secret place of the word, the secret place of, of just prayer. And as we seek God in a secret place, God starts to pour out his spirit upon us. And we become public reflections of our private secret place. And the great thing about that is this, is that as we seek God in a secret place, and I'm not just talking about you know, opening your Bible for five minutes and saying just a prayer on the way to work. I'm talking about ministering to his heart in the midst of busyness, in the midst of heartbreak, in the midst of the challenge and the storm that we will lift up his name. And when we do that, what happens is it creates a fresh aroma and a fresh worship, a fresh touch from our heart to his heart and God inhabits the secret place but the cool thing about church is this this is why church is so important when we come together and we meet together in agreement there is a multiplication of the blessing of our secret place you know that so when I spend time with God through the week and I'm hungry for God to move today and then Pastor Joel spends time with God in his own way and then we come together and we say today we're going to see God move It isn't just an addition, it's a multiplication. You see, there's blessing in agreement. There's blessing when the church comes together. There's blessing that 
You know, that's why the Bible says don't neglect meeting together. Don't neglect it. Some people do. They don't go to church anymore. Why? You're missing out. There's multiplied blessing when God's people meet together. Do you know that this morning? Can I hear an amen? Amen. (laughs) The second thing we spoke about was hungering for God. The fact that revival culture is a culture that's hungry for God. How many people in our hearts come to church genuinely hungry for more of him? I think often we come to church because of the community, the rostering, the need, the, the tradition, and that's okay, but the greatest blessing is coming to church because we want to just minister as a family unto the heart of God. Hunger is a gift. Hunger after the things of God is a gift. When you're healthy, guess what happens? You get hungry. When you're sick, you lose your hunger. When your kids get sick, the doctor will say, are they still eating? If they're still eating, that's a good sign. If they're not eating, there's something seriously wrong. When it comes to us and the things of God, I want to encourage you again. How's your hunger going? When we taste the goodness of God, taste and see that he is good, we can't help but be hungry for more of him. We have to understand that hungering for God is a gift. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled. We have to understand that what we hunger for um, and what we feed on determines what we hunger for. If you feed on rubbish, you're going to want to eat more rubbish. You eat healthy food, you want healthy food. You feast on the things of God, you want more of the things of God. We have to understand that we have to learn the tension of being hungry, but being satisfied when he fills us, but still being hungry for more. This is good preaching. This is revival preaching because a church that is genuinely hungry for God is a church that God will inhabit. (laughs) Because God inhabits the praise of his people. We are the great south coast of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Last week we spoke about testimony and testimony declaring heaven on earth. That the fact that Jesus says that when you testify, you prophesy Jesus in the book of Revelation, it says this. And testimony speaks the possibilities of God in the impossible situations. Testimony brings honour to Jesus. Testimony multiplies, get this, testimony multiplies the reality of heaven, not one plus one equals two, but one plus one equals eight. And it makes no sense, but when you speak your testimony, you multiply the effect of heaven in a room. Yeah? How are you going with your testimony this week? How are we going as a church, not just hearing but listening? I have sat in thousands of sermons. Yeah? How many have changed me to the point that my life has changed? Not many. I know the ones that I listen to the voice of God through the message because it changed the way that I walk. Can I hear an amen? You know why I say can I hear an amen? Because when you speak agreement, something happens. Understand that. There is power in your voice. Last week's service, I was just so, so blessed. The highlight of last week's service for me, and the most powerful moment last week for me, it wasn't the first worship session, it wasn't the word. It was when the church broke up into groups. And we, shouted, and we got you to share testimonies of what God has done in your life. And then we said in those groups, if you need prayer, we're going to pray according to the testimony that God's done in my life. I'm going to pray God does it in your life. And I looked across the room and there was just people getting ministered to. But what you have to understand is this, is that when you testify, you worship. 
When you testify, you worship. Forget false humility. Forget it. It's false. It's, I'll just be timid and slow. And no, when, when, when God does something, Psalm says, I will declare it to the next generation. But I'm an introvert, Benoit. I'm, it doesn't matter. So am I. Look what I'm doing here. It's not my excuse. We have a voice for a reason, and the voice is there to worship him. Can I hear an amen? amen. You've got to understand, this morning my prayer is this, that we will lay a hold of the authority of what we carry. We are not just a little church in South Nara. You are not just part of a little movement in South Nara of people. You are part of a South Coast move of God. You are part of a national influencing church. Not for the ego of the pastor, because I could care less about my ego. My introverted soul would rather be in a cave away from the crowd. But God has graced and anointed us to be a well of refreshing for the nations. Can I speak to the spiritual mums and dads in the house? Those who are over 30, over 35. Can I encourage you that you carry something unique? Can I encourage you that there is a need in our city for spiritual mums and dads? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, there are many teachers but not many dads. Can I encourage you that how you conduct yourself, how you serve in church, how you act during your life, how you worship the Lord, the young people are watching. We have to raise up a standard of integrity for this generation. Check out this testimony. And by the way, let's all send a testimony through this week. You're too quiet for me, church. Amen? Yeah, come on. We're talking about revival culture. We're talking about something big. I've had the worst week of my life this week. Yeah, we've had a very bad week. But I put my focus on Jesus. And I will lift up a roar in the midst of... In the I my praise will silence the enemy. Understand something that we are the hope of the nation. And let me just share this. Let me share this. This is the email we got. So if you have testimonies, email them through. Listen. We're lifting up the new normal. God is good. Actually, it says this. It says, Good afternoon. Very polite. It says, God is good. It says, earlier this year, my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, um, a cancer of the blood and bone marrow, and we were told it was incurable, and they only had a life expectancy of one to five years at the most. The doctor said his form was aggressive as well, and it was in his ribs and spine. My dad worked in the um, car park of Vincent Hospital in Melbourne for 27 years, and through through this was able to be put on a drug trial which was a miracle in itself, which included two different types of medication and a complete bone marrow transfusion using his own new bone marrow. He started his treatment with the two different types of medication first. He immediately started losing weight and couldn't move without pain. He fractured a bone in his back and needed a back brace. Then the doctor determined that he needed to come off one of the drugs because it was making his symptoms worse. The outcome did not look good at all and he was not coping and yet when they took his blood, his first blood, round of bloods, his indicators were at numbers that the doctors expected to see at the end of his treatment. As he continued with his treatment, 
his symptoms remained pretty much the same and his days were mixed with pain and frustration. Well, last week on Thursday, he received the news that there were no more signs of cancer. Yeah. Listen. Listen. My dad has no, has no faith, no belief in God, yet God was there anyway. I know it was because of faith we prayed and believed, and as a church we, uh, we lowered him through the ceiling. I, I don't really know what else to say, but I just feel so incredibly blessed to be part of a church that stands together, that stands in the gap and believes without question that our God is greater and that he can. From the heart of a daughter, thank you. Let's give God a hand of praise. That's amazing. I just want to just, I want you to hear the heart of what God is trying to do this morning. He is saying to us as a church, and if you're new here, just lay a hold of this as well for you, that God has anointed and graced you with authority to be his ambassadors to bring heaven to earth. And listen, it says this in Matthew chapter 6, listen, what is the will of God for your life? Have you ever asked that question? What is God's will for me? I've had that question in my heart. I've had that question many, many times from other people. Here is the answer for you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. It'll be up on the screen. It says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is God's will for us, church? It is his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is God's will for you. This is it. It's really awesome, really simple, really freeing that your mission in life is to bring heaven to earth. That's it. Hey, Celebration Church, we're called to be an amazing community of people, but we're called to be a cultivator of heaven touching earth. Let's be a church where people walk in and they're healed in the worship, they're healed in the coffee making, Hey, they heal the sinners, they hit the driveway because they're in an atmosphere here corporately that heaven is touching earth. And if that's the church you want to be a part of, then you're in the right place. Because I don't want to be a church full of well-intentioned people without heaven. What is heaven? I love this. What a huge, huge thing Jesus says. Well, let me just talk about this. Our job as a church and as people is this, to enforce the dominion of the kingship of Jesus here on earth. We do this as ambassadors of heaven. Ambassadors carry the authority of who they represent. So if you think about ambassadors around the world, if you go to Sydney and you go to the ambassador, um, the house of the ambassador of a certain country, that place where that ambassador lives is not Australian soil legally. It's actually the country they represent. I don't know if you knew that. The government can't even go in. If there is a, a, an embassy for the US in Sydney, and there is, or in Canberra, you can't go in there as an Aussie citizen and say, this is Australia. Legally, it's US soil. And as people, as ambassadors, guess what? Wherever you walk, it's heaven's soil. It's heaven's normal. This is how Charlie and I think now. This is how we live is what's in heaven? Okay, God, what's in heaven? Hmm, let me have a think. Uh, is, there, is there lack in heaven? No. 
Okay, God, we pray right now against lack and we declare heaven touching earth. Is there pain in heaven? No. God, we now declare heaven touching earth and pain to be gone in Jesus' name. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Pretty simple, hey? Listen, our circumstances don't dictate our normal. And just because something is common doesn't make it normal. That's a big one right there. Normal is what heaven says. You know, we're called to minister heaven down, not earth up. We're called to bring heaven's reality down. I'm just getting fired up, if that's all right. This is our grace. This is our normal. This is our city. Great south coast of the Holy Spirit. You walk down. This is what it looks like, church. You ready? When we make this our mission, heaven touching earth, lives are set free. Bodies are restored. Darkness lifts from people's minds. The rule of the enemy is pushed back in every imaginable way. Businesses grow healthy. Kindness is evident. Relationships are restored. People reconnect with their calling and purpose. Churches grow and cities feel the effects of having kingdom flourishing within them. Someone said to me this week, it's, called, it's meant to be the shell heaven. Not just the shell haven, the shell heaven. <laughs> I like it. Because our natural minds go like this. Well, that's the way it's always been. That's the way generations have been. That's the way that certain suburbs have always been. That's the way it's not, just because it's common doesn't make it normal. (laughs) Just because it's the way it's been doesn't mean it's God's best. Just because your school's the way it's been for years doesn't mean it's the way God's called it. Just because your family's been that way for generations doesn't mean it's the way God's called it. Just because that business is not floundering, oh, the economy is hard. That's not in heaven. In heaven, the economy is good. <laughs> the flower shop in heaven is good. If there is a flower shop, I don't know. Probably not, but maybe, who knows? It's not a made-up lifestyle. It's the lifestyle for which we were made. This isn't a made-up lifestyle. This is the lifestyle for which you were made. And today I want to encourage you, you can step into this or you can go, that's a great idea, but I, yeah, I, theoretically that makes sense. No, no, this is your reality. And listen, don't let discouragement or disappointment or your past experiences determine what God's will is. Because God's will is heaven touching earth. Who's laying a hole right now in the heart of this? On Friday, Joel and myself and Libby went to the bank to sign some things on behalf of the church. And, and I was just looking at the main street. I was looking at Junction Street. I was looking at the different, different people. I thought, do they know what's coming? Do they know, what's the, do they know the dam's about to break? Do they know the river's about to flow? People who have had mental illness for generations, going back to their parents and their parents' parents, do they know what freedom feels like? You've got to understand my wife, again, I'm going to come back to this, it changed me. Ten years of chronic pain, ten years of her hips being twisted for ten years. God healed her. Listen, God healed her even though we were discouraged. Even though we were like, God, where are you? Even though we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and anointed her with oil and went to different services and said, God, where are you? And nothing happened. One day, God said, now's the day. And guess what? Now's the day for the South Coast. And it's not just for our church, it's for every church. 
every church that says yes. This is the lifestyle, the revival lifestyle, the revival freedom. We talk about when you retire, you have a lifestyle. Hey, we have a heaven lifestyle today. How good is that? Just, just anyone here have a good imagination? Yeah, you're a bit of a dreamer, a bit of a daydreamer. Maybe at school someone said, you're a daydreamer. And maybe they said it as a negative. Anyone have that at school? They got told, you know what? I want to encourage the daydreamers, imaginations from God. God speaks through dreams. God speaks through visions. God gave us imagination. And part of our faith journey is to imagine what the Shulhaven and the South Coast looks like when God lives amongst the people. Because God is wanting to cause the South Coast to be known as a place where heaven dwells. 95% of our city right now doesn't know Christ. We've got a job to do. Not just that, heaven invading earth. Is this okay this morning? You've got to understand, when I preach, I'm praising. You know that? Whenever I preach, I silence the enemy. I love that this morning. Our praise silences the enemy. You know, when you praise, you say to the enemy, shut up. You say to your circumstance which is coming against you, shut up. You say to that thing that's attacking you, shut up. You know, you have the power to tell that stuff to shut up. You don't need to be polite with the devil. You can say, shut up. <laughs> this is our normal, the atmosphere of heaven. If it's not in heaven, then it's not here on earth. And I encourage you to be confident in this call. I, enc- I encourage you to let your roar rise up. I encourage you, let's go back to the start of the year, a godly confidence that God has called you. And by the way, if you feel like a failure right now, I want to speak that you're not. If you feel like you're not good enough, I want to say that you are. If you feel like you can't do it, I want to say that you can. Because with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And your past does not determine your future. Only God determines your future. And God has graced and anointed you. If your family is falling apart, it's not the end of the world because God says it's a new day. They're just little prophetic snippets for some people. We have to understand that God has given us a bit of a a game plan with this, how to bring heaven to earth in the Shellhaven, in the south coast, and it starts with our homes. It starts with physically your home. It starts with your family. It starts with your marriage. It starts with your own heart. When was the last time you worshipped together as a couple? When was the last time as a family you opened the word of God? When was, I, I was meeting up with Nat and Karen on Friday and we had a good time. And they showed us this video clip of, um, of Addie and Zoe eating dinner. And they, and they said, what we do at home is we just, we just play worship. Like in the car we play worship and we play it at home and the kids love it. And they need that because in the midst of the kids coming home after daycare and hearing words that they shouldn't hear, which is a pretty hilarious story in itself... Some of the stories they tell, it's like, what the, that's not, they need that worship. And they showed us this clip of Zoe and, and Adelaide, and if you don't know, how old Zoe, like four, four? Sorry, um, Adelaide, four, five, Zoe's two, is she? Yeah, so they're young, really young, and, and they're eating dinner, 
worship's going, and they're both just there with their arms just, just singing along, like just worshipping Jesus at that little kid's table, just worshipping Jesus. And then little Zoe's there just following Adelaide, just worshipping Jesus, just honouring the name of Jesus. And they're talking about how in their home they want to cultivate a revival spirit. They want to bring the girls up knowing that worship's normal. But sometimes as adults we can forget it. <laughs> There's too much Power FM or Triple J or whatever going, we forget. Nothing against those people, but hey, sometimes you're just going to put on some worship. Sometimes you're just going to lift up some worship. You see, revival in the city starts with revival in the home. Revival in the city starts with revivals in families. Revivals in families start with revivals in individuals. What is a family? It's just individuals that are joined together. So it actually starts in your secret place. And God has said to us, and he said it prophetically, Celebration Church, I will pour out revival upon this house if you start in the secret place. If you start taking time, not you're too busy, not you forgot, but you will take time to minister unto his heart. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, I am a revivalist. I am a revivalist. We must create atmospheres of heaven in our homes. We must be intentional about creating atmospheres of heavens in our homes. And then understand that when we meet together in agreement, there is a multiplication of this blessing and the reality of heaven. This is so simple and I just feel like sometimes we just don't hear these things. If we just take seriously... I would say militantly, which means discipline, time to worship God in our secret place, you will see it break out in our church. Now, I'm not saying we're not, because we are, but I want to tell you the world goes deeper. The world goes deeper. There is a grace upon you to be someone who meets God in a secret place. Revival breaks out in the secret place. So how do we cultivate heaven at home? Here's a really simple answer for you this morning. Worship and thanksgiving. Worship and thanksgiving. Why do we take time to start the service worshipping with our voices? Why? Think about this. Because when we do that, God's presence invades the worship. If you're a regular here, never get to church late. You dishonor the worship. Yeah? Get here early and make that part of your worship. Why? Because worship is a holy thing. When we lift up the name of Jesus corporately together, it is a holy thing. It is an honoring thing. There is a multiplication of blessing. Our city will be known. Imagine this church. Think about this with me. Imagine if our city was a city of worship. Imagine if we had 120,000 people in the Shoalhaven who were worshippers. Imagine the atmosphere over our city if we had a city of worship. Hashtag normal. Hashtag new normal. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's, not, it's meant to be normal. 
Because listen, if we are real about this call, we have to understand and be so happy about this, is that imagine if the Shoalhaven on the south coast was where heaven dwelt, that is a city of worship. But imagine if our city reflected us. Imagine if we were the prophetic ones who went before them and how we worship determined how they worshipped. Are we worshipping in spirit and truth? Are we real in our hearts? Are we hungry for God? Because if the church isn't hungry for God, then what hope does our city have? In Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are, uh, you are the one Israel praises. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. God enthrones the praise of his people. What does that mean for the young people here? It means he inhabits, he lives in your praise. Your worship is like a tent that he meets in. The more that you worship, the more he fills the tent. This is why living sacrifice is so important. I live my life as a worship, as a living sacrifice, because that is pleasing to him. Is this okay? Yeah, just, 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 just catch it because God has this for you and your family. Psalm 100 says this. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God, for it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Get this, church. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his course with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We must be intentional about creating atmosphere which happens through praise and worship. How do you get heaven's atmosphere in your home? You create a home of praise and worship. I love this quote from Bill Johnson. He says, If God inhabits the praises of his people, who inhabits our complaining? Whoa, pretty big, eh? If God inhabits our praise, who inhabits our complaining? There's nothing... Well, there are things gross, but I tell you, it's really gross when you have a bunch of Christians who complain. We have so much to be thankful for. Worship lifts our eyes, realigns our hearts to his, heals our soul and causes his presence to invade our situation. Worship lifts our eyes, realigns our hearts to his, heals our soul and causes his presence to invade our situation. Worship realigns our vision to his reality that he is bigger, he is able, and he is good. That's tweet-worthy right there. Worship realigns our vision to his reality, that he is bigger, that he is able, and that he is good. I, I just love this. I just love what God's doing in our church. I love that you're here. I love that you're chosen. Because you are, you're not here by chance. You might think, oh, someone just invited me. No, no, God's got you here to hear this. And in time, you'll, you'll know why, because he'll reveal it to you. You see, God is raising up a company of people who aren't afraid to go for something more. <laughs> I love the fact that we can all enter into this. I love the fact that we have an inheritance in our South Coast region of revivals. 
I love that our history, there's already been outpourings of God. I love that how it talks about in the coal mines up in Port Kembla, in those places, how it talks about that revival hit the coal mines back in the 1900s and it says that the workers were so touched by God, so changed by God, it says that the donkeys could no no longer understand their language because they used to curse so much with the with the donkeys, and now they've got clean language and the donkeys didn't know what to do. I was speaking to a pastor on Friday, a pastor from up north, and he was telling me about the revivals that have hit Kayama. don't know if you knew that. Kayama, there was a prayer meeting that started there 100 years ago, and they would get together and they would pray. And it started with a small group, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And there were hundreds of people that would meet in a small church in Kayama to the point where the pubs didn't know what to do because no one was buying any grog anymore. No one was getting drunk anymore because they were like, we don't need that anymore. We've got something greater. There's something about the South Coast. And I'm telling you, I am not satisfied with the current stats and the current ways of common because I understand that God's normal is heaven. And I also love the fact that he's saying, um, come on, Christians, who's going to listen to this? Who's going to lay a hold of this? Because you know what? It's comfortable for us just to live our life, just, just me and God and come to church and sit in the seat. And it's, it's, it's okay and that's comfortable and most churches probably have that element to a degree and we have had that. But there's something more. There's something more. There's something more for this house. There's something more for the South Coast. Will it take a bit of discomfort? Will it take a bit of testimony? Will it take a bit of praying for someone who might think you're a bit weird? Someone said to me this week, what happens if you're praying and nothing happens? I said, what happens if you're praying and it does happen? Yeah? What happens if you pray for 10 people and nothing happens, but you pray for the one and something happens and it changes their whole life? What happens? Think about this. And I'm a dreamer. My wife will tell you I'm a dreamer. I love to dream. If I don't dream, I die. I literally start to feel like my soul's dying. I need to have vision. And I just think, God, you know, imagine. Imagine this, God. And I think this is what he has for us. Imagine if we lived in a city where you drove into the south coast. It says, welcome to the Shellhaven or the south coast or whatever. And people were healed just by being in this area. Because what you've got to understand about our church is this. We are a prophetic voice. So we talk about green zones here. Let me give you a bit of a hint. If it's a green zone beyond here, it's beyond here. Maybe God's saying it's a South Coast green zone. Green zone being the place in the army, the place in warfare where it's safe. People get restored and healed and, 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 and get attended to. Like maybe, maybe the South Coast is meant to be the place where nations will fly into to experience heaven. But maybe it's going to start with a bunch of South Coast simpletons, me being the biggest simpleton of them all, who are simple enough to say, God, I just believe you. Don't be offended by that. I'm the biggest one of them all. God, I just believe you. I just want you to move. I just want to see your church full of people who are just encountering the living water of God. Imagine if we had churches, guys, where people weren't coming along due to persuasive words of wisdom, but instead a demonstration of the power of God so that our faith may rest upon the demonstration of the power of God, not just man's wisdom. That's some good, 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 good food. Good food. Going to eat that up. That's what God has for us. 
imagine a church that said yes to God, that said yes to what he has, that said yes to bigger things, that said we will pioneer this for our south coast. And our pastor told us that if our secret place is aligned with him, we will outflow and overflow. What's our key verse this series? Don't know if you remember it. It says, you, you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It says, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is preparing a table for you, for our church, to sit and to rest in the identity of who we're called to be. And through that, our cup overflows. Remember, guys, God is not a God of just pour, filling up. He's a God of overflow. He's a God of messy overflow. God, fill me up with more of you. Okay, bang, mess. Oily mess. Oil represents the anointing of God. When was the last time we were messy before God? Lord, I pray we just lay a hold of this today. Lay a hold of what you have. I pray for a company of people who are hungry for you. I pray for a church that says, more of you, God, less of me. A church who is desperate for a touch of heaven in our personal life who will say, fill me up, God. Let heaven invade earth. I will not be comfortable. I will not be someone who will live for myself, but rather I will seek after your heart. Lord, I thank you that that's who you've called us to be. Let me just finish with this, um, just a prophetic image. I just, so those who don't know me heaps well, I, I, um, I, have, I just have this prophetic thing on my life. My wife is one of the most scary prophetic people I know. When I say scary, she's not scary, but she's very, very, very accurate. So she has dreams all the time and they always come true. Beware if she has a dream about you, it will come true. Anyone else have dreams that come true sometimes, like prophetic dreams? It's just a gifting that God puts on people. But I want you just to give you an insight before we finish. And we're going to just, we're going to finish together in a second. When When I share with you this morning, my heart is full of love for you. And I want you to know this. You don't have a pastor or pastors who see you as a means to an end. I've seen this. You have pastors who genuinely, deeply love you. Who are passionate about setting the table for our church people and beyond. My wife will tell you, I constantly am thinking about you. I am constantly carrying you. I am constantly burdened by things in church that go on and I have to pray for breakthrough. You are covered in this place. I don't know if we understand how blessed you are with that. Please don't get familiar with that. Lay a hold of it. I say that to say this. When I preach on a Sunday, sometimes you see me looking at the back. I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't know if you're observant. I see the balconies. (laughs) 
You don't get this. I see the multitudes. I see the ones in our city right now who are so broken and lost. And here's a big word, forgotten. I see the wife right now who's being domestically assaulted by her partner. And I see God rescuing I see the child who's going through dark things by themselves and I see the hand of God reaching in and saying, no longer. Listen, listen, I I see this when I preach. I I see the depressed, the suicidal, those who struggle with mental illness for the first time in years having clarity and having peace and having joy and having breakthrough. And I see them coming to church and they're going to be dancing around the place and you'll be going, they're a bit weird. And then you hear their story. You hear the fact that God rescued them. I remember the story again. I, was in, I love um, Bethel, Bill Johnson and stuff. And he said that they were in church once and there was this one lady near them and she was like in worship screaming like really like worshipping really annoyingly I think I told this story and he said to Benny Johnson oh, it's a bit annoying isn't it he then found it afterwards her story that she used to be a prostitute she used to be high on drugs and God set her free and so every time she worships it is the it is everything and the religious thoughts of oh my little neat little church <laughs> my little safe little church that's not the church. The church is full of people who need breakthrough. Bring your broken friends to church. Drag them down on the altar. <laughs> Bring them in. And let's set a table before them and say, pick out, eat all you want. This is the food that will change your innermost being. This is heaven's food. So anyway, here's an insight. When I preach, I look to you and I look at your lovely faces. I look at Trent's lovely goatee. I look at Linda's nice hair. I look at Tegan over there, nice glasses. And then I look past and I go, wait a second. Wait a second. There's something bigger. This room should be, no, this room's going to be way too small. Because when people actually realize there's a river of life here, Everything changes. Everything changes. Because listen, I refuse to be the church that caters just for Christians. Refuse it, reject it, no thanks. Boring, no, not for us. We are a church of mature Christians who love God, love people, love each other, know how to lift up the name of Jesus and see breakthrough. Charlie, come up here. My wonderful wife, Charlie. You know, tonight we have Sisterhood event on. Can I just encourage the women here? Again, prophetically, it's not just a gathering of the women. It's a gathering of the women of the city. This is important spiritual stuff. And if the church can get on board and say, we will raise up a standard for the women, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to overflow into the city. Because remember, church, this. What God pours into the cup of this church overflows. How you worship here overflows. How we pray here overflows. How we do women overflows. How we see God break through here overflows. We are a church of overflow. And so tonight I encourage you, come along to tonight and be a part of it. Serve, bring somebody. 
Let's be a church that empowers the women of our city to live in freedom and hope, to be empowered to be mighty women of God, mighty mums, mighty wives, mighty single women, all that, mighty business owners, whatever they do, to stand as empowered women because that is our heart. Anyone else have that heart too? And we've got, we've got this amazing, precious, precious, precious woman of God given to us as our senior pastor. This lady is the most underrated person I know. I'm telling you, the most underrated, the most unassuming. Every day she's out discipling people before and after work and she's a high school teacher. Every day. And I'm the one going, you need to be home with your family, me. And Sally. I'm needy. I need you at home. It's true, hey? Why don't we stand to our feet? stirring the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We like to pray for our church at the end of every service to send you out in the blessing of God and the power of God in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this incredible church community. Father, I thank you that your hand is upon this place. I thank you that your anointing is upon this place. I thank you, Lord, that our praise silences the enemy. And Lord, we just declare your name is greater. We declare your name is higher. We declare that you are able. Father, I pray right now for anyone who needs breakthrough. I pray for miracle working power. Lord, to move throughout our church family, throughout our city. Father, I thank you that the Shalhaven shall be known as a city of God, a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place of worship. And Lord, we declare the great south coast of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we have anointing upon us to see great breakthrough. And the greatest revivals are ahead of us. In Jesus' powerful name, bless our church, protect them this week, open doors in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, God. If you want any prayer now, if you need any more breakthrough or healing or you just want a fresh touch from God, we're going to open the altar. Otherwise, have a great Sunday. Bless someone, encourage someone, and just have a great rest of the week and sisterhood tonight in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.